We're kicking off a new Advent sermon series uh, titled Conversations the Jesus Way. Conversations are the cornerstone of human relationships and intimacy. It is through conversations that we reveal ourselves to one another. It is through conversations that we understand one another. And it is through conversations that we draw closer to one another. And not surprisingly, when God revealed himself to mankind as a human incarnation in Christ Jesus, he drew closer to people he walked with through conversations. The four gospel accounts in the Bible are full of conversations that Jesus had with people. And as we begin the first week of Advent, we are kicking off the sermon series titled Conversations the Jesus Way. If you're new to church or if this is your first time in church or if you're unfamiliar with this tradition of Advent or if this is the first time you even heard this word Advent, it refers to the four Sundays before Christmas. It is a time when we pause to marvel the beauty and the reality of the incarnation of God becoming man. A time, a season when we pause to try and comprehend at least a little bit what it meant for the creator of all universe to confine himself to the womb of a woman. That's what Advent means. And as a church, we've been talking about having more and more authentic and more and more meaningful conversations with our friends outside of this church. In this outreach program, we've been calling 50 Conversations Before Christmas. We're hoping that each of us will be able to have one meaningful conversation with someone who's not yet a follower of Jesus before Christmas. And so I'm hoping this sermon series on conversations that Jesus wear will inspire and equip every one of us to have at least one meaningful conversation before Christmas Day with a friend or a colleague or even a family member who is not a follower of Jesus. This conversation is not necessarily telling them about Jesus, though that may happen, but this conversation of genuinely understanding them, genuinely seeing them, genuinely listening to them. And so through each week of Advent, we're going to be looking at one conversation that Jesus had with someone when he walked on the earth. And this morning, we're going to be looking at the conversation Jesus had with Mary Magdalene soon after he rose from the dead. In fact, Mary Magdalene was the first person that Jesus spoke to after his resurrection. Allow me to give a little bit of the context And then we'll read the passage from the Bible we're looking at this morning. Jesus was crucified to death on a Friday. And they laid him on a tomb. The Jews observe Saturday as the Sabbath. So they don't work on Saturday. So they couldn't anoint his body for burial. And so they just temporarily laid him a tomb. And the tomb was sealed. On Sunday morning after the Sabbath, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body and give him a proper burial. But she found that the 
stone that was sealed to cover the entrance of the tomb had been rolled away. And perplexed and, and, and shocked and concerned, she ran back to Peter and another disciple. And all of them came running back to the grave and they found it empty. The two male disciples, I don't mean this as an as uh, it mean this to be in any way derogatory to men, the two male disciples went back to their homes. But Mary, she stayed back at the entrance of the tomb, distraught and weeping. And this is where we pick the incident up from the Bible. John chapter 20, verses 11 to 18. It's there uh, on the notes for us. John chapter 20, verse 11 to 18. But Mary Magdalene stood, out, stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord. And I do not know where they have laid them. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And he had said, these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. There are three things that Jesus infuses into Mary Magdalene through this one conversation with her. Three things. Empathy, purpose, and incredible and unimaginable hope. Empathy, purpose, an incredible and unimaginable hope. Those are the three things we're going to look at. Let's begin with empathy. This conversation between the risen Christ and Mary Magdalene is so profound at so many levels. This is the first conversation that the risen Christ is having with anyone. I want us to, I'd really like us to imagine this conversation. Imagine this moment. Jesus had just risen from the dead. He had been faithful to his father, even to death on a cross. He had remained dead in the tomb. The son of God remained dead in the tomb, bearing the punishment for your sins and mine. And having fully paid the price for all of your sins, having fully borne the punishment, he had risen from the dead, his heart full of joy. I say his heart was full of joy because in the book of Hebrews, the Bible tells us that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. 
So at this moment, death had been defeated. Sin had been conquered. Salvation had been accomplished. Jesus had risen from the dead. What do you think is the first thing Jesus would tell Mary Magdalene at this moment? I would imagine Jesus would have risen from the dead and said, Mary, don't cry. I have risen from the dead. That's what we would expect, wouldn't we? That's not what Jesus said. You know what Jesus said? What is the first thing the risen Christ told Mary Magdalene? Verse 15 in the notes that you have. Woman, why are you weeping? Some translations say, Dear woman, why are you weeping? The first thing that a resurrected Christ did was to enter into the grief of Mary through a tender conversation. Woman, why are you weeping? Jesus, the risen Jesus, is empathizing with Mary in her grief. Jesus understands your grief. Jesus empathizes with your grief. And he does not empathize with your grief from afar. He has already entered your grief and mine through his incarnation. He entered into the grief of humanity that he might empathize with you and I. And he is near you and near me tenderly holding tenderly holding you and I in every grief of our heart and here he is risen from the dead standing outside the tomb they had buried in him and he is having this gentle and patient conversation with Mary Magdalene he is first allowing her to express her grief empathizing her before sharing the good news of his resurrection. That's what Jesus did. Good, loving, and thoughtful conversations enable us to enter into the grief of others and empathize with them. And equally important, what we can learn from this conversation that a risen Jesus had with Mary Magdalene, we cannot rush grief. Grief needs to flow. Grief needs to flow slow and long. We have to slow down with people in their grief. We cannot rush people in their grief. In this really loving conversation with Mary Magdalene, Jesus waited with empathy for Mary to grieve even before he invited her to the joy of resurrection. The Old Testament prophet describes Jesus as the man of sorrow 
as a man of sorrow, familiar with suffering, he knows grief too well. He knows sorrow from his own travailing with a father for an entire night at the Garden of Gethsemane before he was arrested and crucified. He had grieved with his father the whole night. Mark chapter 14, verse 34, Jesus said, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And because he himself had been overwhelmed with sorrow, he did not rush Mary Magdalene in her grief. He was tender with empathy in his conversation with her. Dear woman, why are you weeping? With this question, Jesus invited Mary to first express her grief, process her grief, and then he invited her into the joy of his resurrection. And I hope we can, we can all remember this in our conversations with people who are experiencing grief. Empathy. The world is longing for empathy. A broken world longs for empathy at every day and at every turn. No one, absolutely none of us can bear to be lonely in our suffering. Human souls journeying through this broken world are yearning for empathy. But sadly, you and I and myself first, at least to some extent, we have failed to empathize enough with those outside of the church. Having freely received, having richly received the empathy of Christ ourselves, we have perhaps not empathized with others enough. Every one of us, myself first, we have been so caught up in our pursuit of excellence that we have forgotten how we have been too busy to empathize with our colleagues, our neighbors, our own family members. Husbands, wives, daughters, fathers, mothers, and within people, within, among, among ourselves. When was the last time we slowed down from the mad busyness of life in Mumbai, or whichever city you're in, to have a thoughtful conversation of empathy with someone, anyone? The world needs our empathy more than it needs our excellence. Excellence is important. Excellent excellence is even godly. But only excellence without empathy is a curse. We do well to remember that. There is more of the empathy of Christ that we can see in this conversation with Mary Magdalene. How did Jesus reveal his resurrection to Mary? How did Jesus help Mary grasp and understand that he had indeed risen from the dead? Jesus did this in just one word. He said, Mary, 
Mary. The moment the resurrected Christ called Mary personally by her name, her eyes could see the reality of his resurrection. When Jesus said, Mary, in that moment of tenderness, she would have known that the Savior of the world who had laid dead in a tomb had risen and was once again with her as he is with us now. It is that one word of tender and personal empathy that brought the full impact of resurrection into Mary's heart. Mary. In that one moment of empathy, Jesus showed Mary that the resurrection, he showed Mary and he's showing us today that the resurrection is more than just a theological reality. It is a personal epiphany. That's the first thing that I wanted to draw from this conversation that Jesus had with Mary Magdalene. The first thing he showed in that conversation is empathy. The second thing that Jesus showed in his conversation with Mary Magdalene is purpose. Purpose. This is not just a conversation of empathy. This is also a conversation of purpose. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I am yet to ascend to the Father. But go to my brothers. Do not cling to me. Go to my brothers and tell them. Jesus is sending Mary Magdalene on on a mission. Mary is the first person Jesus sent out to share the good news of his resurrection. So this was absolutely a conversation of purpose. Purpose need not be lost in empathy. Purpose should not be lost in empathy. You see what's happening here? Jesus first strengthened Mary with his empathy. And having strengthened her with his empathy, he is sending her out on his purpose. Jesus did not empathize with Mary and let her lay in the garden where the tomb lay. No, Jesus empathized with her and he sent her out with purpose and mission. There is so much to learn from this conversation. In Jesus' conversation with Mary Magdalene, we can see that empathy and purpose go hand in hand. Some of us tend to have conversations that are high on empathy and low on purpose. Few others tend to have conversations that are high on purpose and low on empathy. And I have to confess, and I guess you'll probably join me in the confession, some of us do have conversations that have neither empathy nor purpose. That's true indeed, isn't it? Especially if you're a busy person like I am. Our conversations can lack both empathy and purpose. If our conversations are high on empathy and low on purpose, it means that our, it probably means that our love for people is shallow and short-sighted. We only want them to feel good in the moment. We are not thinking about their long-term well-being. 
On the other hand, if our conversations are high on purpose and low, or low on empathy, we are going to crush people under the weight of our expectations. We are very likely going to make them feel unworthy and not good enough. And we're going to make them feel miserable. And they're going to be probably worse off after the conversation than they were before. Sadly, I know this too well. This is me. This is my sin pattern. This is what I tend to lean to most of the time. And lastly, if our conversations have neither empathy nor purpose, our friendships and our conversations are all going to be empty, oh my Barbie, let's go party kind of conversations. None of our Barbies are going to be in our life for more than two to three years. Our life is going to be an endless procession of fake and shallow friendships. Every so-called friend here today and gone tomorrow. None lasting for more than a fleeting season. If you are grieving of any of these three errors or of all of these three errors, Jesus is not frowning at you. He is not disappointed with you. He is not pushing you away. He is empathizing with your inability and my inability to have meaningful conversations. He is empathizing with us even in our indifference. He is not pushing us away because you and I have failed. He is drawing us closer because we have failed. He did not come to save the righteous. He came to save sinners. When sin reigns darkest, grace shines brightest. That brings us to the third and the last thing that Jesus brought into his conversation with Mary Magdalene. The third and last thing. Incredible and unimaginable hope. Verse 17 from the passage we read. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Jesus is telling Mary Magdalene, I am ascending. I am going to ascend to the Father. And in this conversation with Mary Magdalene, Jesus is inviting her to see this incredible and unimaginable hope through his ascension. That's what I want to close with. Ascension. In Acts chapter 1 was in Acts chapter 1, we read that after 40, 40 days after his resurrection, Jesus ascended into heaven in bodily form in plain sight of his disciples. Jesus did not dissolve into thin air after spending a few days after his resurrection with the disciples. No, he ascended in flesh and blood, in bodily form. And this flesh and blood bodily form, physical ascension of Jesus gives us an incredible hope because in his ascension, Christ has taken humanity into the very presence of God. 
in his ascension, Christ has taken humanity into the very presence of God. Let me explain this. Stay with me here for just a minute. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 and Hebrews chapter 4 that the ascended Christ is now seated at the right hand of God and is forever interceding for us. The question I want us to reflect on, think about this. In what form is Christ Jesus seated at God's right hand? In what form is Christ Jesus seated at God's right hand? At the right hand of God, after his ascension, Jesus is both fully man and fully God, just as he was both fully man and fully God in his incarnation. When he was born on earth, Jesus, who was God, who was with God, he took on the form. He took on human form. He became flesh and blood. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word became flesh. He took on human form. And when he walked the earth, he was fully God, both fully God and fully man. And when he ascended into heaven, he did not set aside his humanity and ascend as only fully God. No, Jesus ascended to the Father in flesh and blood. Physically, still fully God and fully man. The human incarnation of Christ Jesus was not reversed at his ascension. So which means Jesus, our high priest, as the book of Hebrews calls him, is fully man, just as he's fully God, sitting at the right hand of God. And Mary is telling, Jesus is telling Mary, go tell my disciples, I am ascending as fully God and fully man. And I'm going to be at the right hand of God, interceding for all of you, always. In his ascension, Jesus has taken our humanity into the very presence of God. Before his incarnation, Jesus was not fully human. He was fully God. At his incarnation, he became fully God and fully human. And when in his ascension, he became fully God and fully human. Consider this with me, please. Jesus took on humanity for all eternity. When Christ comes back, he's going to be fully God and fully human. And when he spends the rest of eternity with everyone who believes in him, for the rest of eternity, he's going to be fully man, fully God. He took on our humanity to save us for all eternity. This is what God did to save you and I. This is the message of Advent. This is the message of Christmas. It doesn't begin and end with the cradle. It doesn't begin and end with the cross. It goes on for all eternity. And the incredible and unimaginable hope that we have is that we have a human, fully God, fully man, who understands every weakness of ours to plead his righteousness upon us. On the cross. I mean, at the Father's right hand. This Jesus can be in God's presence because he's fully God. 
And this Jesus can speak on our behalf because he's fully man. Do you see the beauty of it? He can stay in God's presence because he's fully God and he can intercede on our behalf with empathy because he is fully man. Those are the three things that Jesus left Mary Magdalene with this conversation with her. Empathy, purpose, and hope. Empathy, purpose, and hope. May the Lord fill every one of our conversations with everyone around us with the same empathy, purpose, and hope. I want to close with two last things. First, as we're reflecting on these conversations that Jesus is having with people, who is the one person you would like to have a conversation with before Christmas? A conversation of empathy, a conversation of purpose, a conversation of hope. Will you take that step of faith? You know, on your table, you have a a sheet with 10 questions. You don't have to ask all 10 questions. You can ask any one of those questions. Or you can ask any question, not necessarily on that list, outside of that. Any question of empathy, any question genuinely moving towards them. Will, can every one of us commit prayerfully in God's grace to have one meaningful conversation with someone outside the church before Christmas? I'll close with just one last thing. Let me close with a question for those of us who are unsure about our faith in Jesus. Or for those of us who are pretty sure that they believe that Jesus is not the only way way to God. Those of us who believe, sure, Jesus is a good man, but he's just one of the many ways to God. Just one thought in closing, if this is who you are, you know, you're sure enough that Jesus is not the only way to God, but but you're curious enough to come and join us in church. And for that, we're thankful. So allow me to speak to you. If this is you, allow me to speak to you for just a minute and I'll close. I'm sure that all of us believe that Jesus is a good man. So even if you're not a follower of Jesus, even if you don't believe that Jesus is the only way, truth, and life, if you don't believe Jesus is the only God, you still believe that Jesus is a good man, a kind man, a wonderful teacher. I know you believe Jesus to be a good man, but that's not the point. The point is this. Do you believe Jesus to be both a good man and a liar? Do you believe Jesus to be both a good man and a liar? Don't be shocked with that question, but but hear me out. If you tell me that you believe that Jesus is only a good man and not God himself, You are calling him a liar because good men do not ascend to heaven in bodily form. Good men do not go up to heaven physically and sit at the right hand of God. And yet here is Jesus in his own words. This is not somebody else telling. This is Jesus in his own words telling Mary he is going to ascend to heaven where he originally came from and his disciples saw him ascend in bodily form. You see, if you believe that Jesus is only a good man and not God himself, you also have to necessarily believe that Jesus lied about his ascension. But if you believe Jesus was a good man and not a liar, then you have to believe that Jesus rose again from the dead and ascended into heaven in bodily form 
because he is God himself. What will you believe? Will you believe that this Jesus Christ is the son of God? This is a message of Christmas that Jesus, this Jesus Christ, the son of God, came down from heaven, became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made human, that he was tempted in every way and was yet without sin. He was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. The third day, he rose again from the dead. According to the scriptures, he ascended into heaven in bodily form and is seated at the right hand of the Father and lives forever to make intercession for us. Will you today receive this Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life? This is not the resurrection and ascension is not a theological concept. Would you allow God to make this a personal epiphany? Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that God himself chose to clothe himself with humanity, not for a season to save and redeem mankind, not for a few years, but for all of eternity. And we know that Christ, our bridegroom, who's going to come back again, will come back as fully God and fully man. And we will have the rapturous joy of union with Christ. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.